Jane. For those of you that I haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm Pastor Chad. I'm the associate pastor. And for everyone who walks in late from here on out, they're going to be like, oh, we're already at this point in the service? Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, hey, uh, quick announcement I want to make sure that we're aware of before we go any further in service is Easter Sunday is coming up in just a few weeks. It is, uh, it is absolutely one of the, my most favorite Sundays out of the entire year. This Easter, we're going to be having two services, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. There will not be Sunday school uh, hour during, uh, on Easter Sunday. So if you come at 9.45, you can come late to service or you can stick around and wait for the next one. And, uh, uh, but here's what we'd like to ask you to do. If you're a regular attender here at WCAG, would you do us this favor? There's going to be lots of opportunity to welcome a, a lot of guests that Sunday. Uh, we're, going to have, we're going to need some help in the parking lot, helping people find parking spaces. Um, we're going to need some extra greeters. We're going to need some uh, extra help around the church in our children's ministry because we're expecting probably like 5,000 kids that Sunday, and uh, give or take. Um, and uh, so we're going to need some extra help. If you would be willing to serve at one service and then attend a second service. So decide, you know what, I'm co I'll come and I'll attend first service, sit in on the main auditorium, and then during second service I'll help out in this area. If you would be willing to do that, would you consider contacting me here at the church uh, during the week? Uh, you can call the church here, 842-3353. Uh, I'm glad you all got that. Um, and uh, just let me know if you'd be willing to help out. That would be awesome. If you would be willing to help out in the kids' area, would you talk to Pastor Elisa and uh, let her know that you'd be willing to help? That'd be really cool. So that's Easter Sunday, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., same services twice. So if you're like, if you come to the first service and you're like, man, that was awesome. I want to sit around for the next one. You can do that. That'd be really cool. But uh, we're welcoming uh, and expecting a lot of guests that Sunday. So just kind of be in, uh, uh, prepared for that. Also, if you invited somebody last week uh, to come to church, Invite them to come again on Easter Sunday. It's going to be another great Sunday. And so uh, I'm speaking this morning, and uh, uh, one of the things I always make sure to do is empty my pockets, and I forgot to take out my phone. So I'm going to do two things. First of all, everyone smile in the middle section. All right. And then second of all, I'm going to put it on airport so that none of you can text me during my talk. There we go, because that would be embarrassing. Um, hey, this morning as I begin, would you do me this favor? I'd like to, I'd like to start off with prayer. Um, would you stand with me and let's, let's pray together. And I'm going to ask that God uh, move in us, move through us, uh, present himself to us, but also help us understand who we are in light of who he is. And so I'm going to pray. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, I ask that you give us ears to hear your voice today. May we hear from you. Lord, would you also give us soft hearts, hearts that will be willing to, uh, to not only to have heard you, but to, to, to look for change. Would you change our hearts today, Lord? And then would you help us live it out? Would you help move our feet once we have heard and have been changed by you, would you help us to move from where we have been? 
into what you want us to be. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So uh, one of my roles uh, as associate pastor is I'm also uh, the worship leader, and, and I'm in charge of uh, our wor- we call it worship arts because it's not only the band on the stage, but it's also the, the tech side of things and planning out our services, finding goofy videos, oh, well, asking people to help me find goofy videos, you know, things like that. So planning out multiple things. And so one of my roles is worship pastor. And this morning I wanted to, I want to talk about what worship is. And so the title of my talk this morning is worship is... And we'll talk more about that as we get going. Um, worship itself uh, is, is something that can sometimes be hard to grasp because oftentimes the word worship gets, gets used a lot, especially at church. We, we substitute words for worship. Today we're just going to take some time and we're going to worship. We're going to, hey, why don't you stand with me as we worship? And, and so it gets used a lot. So I would like to define worship. Um, having worked with teens for many, many years, I, tried, I always try to simplify uh, as, as best I can. And what I've come to define worship as uh, is, is simply this. It's expressing honor to God. It's, it's acknowledging that he is greater than everything else, and we express back to him what that means to us. And so as I talk today, I would like to use, I'd like for us to keep that in mind of what worship is. Worship is expressing our love, our appreciation, our honor back to God. Okay? Today I'm going to be going through a ton of verses so I'm not going to give you a lot of time to, you know, flip through your Bible classic. If you have a Bible classic, it's one of these. It's really cool. Or if you have electronic device, I'm going to be moving really fast. So probably the best thing to do is just to, on the back side of your bulletin handout this morning, if you just write down these verses, and over the course of this week, take a look at them again, and just kind of read through them. Read what's going on around these verses, and, uh, and we'll talk, uh, you, you'll be able to kind of really dive into it more this week. So what is worship? It's expressing honor and love to whom I deem worthy. And what I'd like to present today is that God is worthy because of who he is and what he has done. And so over the course of this, these next few minutes, I would like for us to really take a look at that. Um, time does not give us enough. Uh, time, the, 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 our limits here this morning does not give us enough time to truly grasp, to truly look at all of the things that are described in Scripture. It's kind of like this. I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. I've, I, I, I lived in Arizona for a few years, and we got to go to the Grand Canyon. And when you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, it's kind of like putting your mouth over a fire hose. Because you're just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then you go around the... Thanks, man, I appreciate that. You go around the corner, you go around a bush, a shrubbery, and you're looking at it from a different angle, and it's totally different from what you saw before. That's kind of how we're going to be looking at God today. It's going to be kind of like, oh, wow, oh, oh, ooh, I didn't see this before. So today we're going to be like catching different glimpses of God. Not There's not enough time, there's not enough 
in our brains to grasp who God really is, but we're going to try and, and, and catch as much as we can this morning. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, this is where I'd like for us to start. Paul writes this. He says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God for all he has done for you. Let them, our bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And then I underline this last part. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, I don't know if you notice this, but for those of us who have been going to church for a really, really, really long time, it doesn't say, and then sing a lot. It doesn't say that. It says that when, if we give ourselves as a sacrifice, in other words, laying aside what we want for what God wants, when we do that and pursue after Him, it becomes a lifestyle of worship. It's no longer just one area of our life. Our our lives can reflect what worship is. So how do we do this? Today we're going to look at, uh, we're going to try and catch a glimpse of who God is. We're going to try and understand what God has done. And then we're going to respond in a way that honors Him. So first of all, who is God? Who is God? The, the Bible, His message to us, His letter to us, describes Him in many ways, and, and as we prayed last night during prayer time, uh, uh, one of the things that I said in my prayer was this, God, there are not enough words to describe you. Man has tried for thousands of years to try and, and express, to try and write down a word, to try and paint a picture, to try and, 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 and carve out a stone who God is to them. But that's just a glimpse. It's like walking around the Grand Canyon and seeing it from another perspective. And so this morning, I'd like for us just to pull a couple verses and figure, just take a small glimpse of who God is. How do we know who God is? We look at his attributes. How is he described? What is his character like? And I want to look at just a couple verses really quickly. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. This is what it says. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. So God is loving, He's merciful, He's compassionate. Psalm 117, verses 1 through 2 says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For His unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's, steadfast, or pardon me, the Lord's faithfulness endures forever. If you look at Psalm 136, every verse is completed with a phrase, His love endures forever forever his love endures forever god is eternal he has no end he has no beginning it goes on he goes on and on and on and his strength goes on and on this is our god psalm 21 verse 13 rise up O lord in all your power with music and singing we celebrate your mighty acts we could go on we could we could essentially read this whole message to us. 
God's word to us. We could read from Genesis to Revelation, and we could get a very good glimpse, a very good grasp of who God is, but that's going to be up to you on your own for you to discover who God is. A writer, a guy by the name of Bob Coughlin, wrote this in talking about who God is. How could anyone ever think worshiping God is boring? There's no limits to his holiness, his glory, and his sovereignty. No end to his riches, his wisdom, his righteousness. All his attributes exist together in perfect harmony, perfect balance, perfect cooperation, with no contradiction, no confusion, and no diminishing of their glory forever. As he describes God's gratefulness... Pardon me, I skipped a line. He is the source of everything good and beautiful. No wonder Paul breaks into worship as he describes God's greatness. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unscrutable his ways. Romans chapter 11, verses 33. So the question that all of us have to answer is based on who we've discovered who God is. Is God worthy of of our worship as the almighty as the all-powerful as the everlasting as the one full of love and mercy and compassion is God worthy of our worship just a brief glimpse of who God is but we also need to take a look at what God has done specifically when I say what God has done I'm talking about Jesus Christ the Son of God Being fully God and yet fully man came, and as the message says in John 1, moved into our neighborhood. I I love that description. Jesus stepped out of heaven as being fully God and came to hang out with us. And as you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus described in how he interacted with people, how he responded to hurts, how he responded to joy, how he responded with compassion, how he acted justly. Jesus moved into the neighborhood, and when one of the disciples said, how do we know who God is? Jesus simply said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Fully God yet walking with us. You see, Christ came for one reason, to bring us back into a relationship with God the Father. You see, God himself provided a way that us, as, as broken, as sin-filled, as, as hurt, as, as failed as we are, God provided a way that we could come to Father God back into the proper relationship with him. You see, that's what Jesus did. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Jesus came for you. He came for me. And Jesus is described as our mediator. Think about this for just a moment. Jesus when he left earth after he did all that he did, after he died on the cross and was raised from the dead, when he went back to the the throne of heaven, it says that Jesus is our mediator. In other words, 
when, when, when we need God, when we need to talk to God, when we need to, to be in his presence, Jesus says, God, let me get this. And he says, here you go. And he brings us to God. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So Christ is our mediator. Christ is our access to God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Christ died for our sins to bring us back to God. The only way that we can, uh, can get to God is through Jesus. The only way that we can be found acceptable is because of Jesus. There is nothing that we can do. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't be fast enough. We can't be tall enough. We can't be skinny enough. We can't do enough good. We can't give enough. All of it is because of what Jesus has done. We can respond... And that's what we're talking about this morning. Christ is our access to God. That was all, all, because Jesus is our mediator and our access to God is through him, it is because of what he did. It is because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. All of it was accomplished, and as Paul writes, it was finished once for all. Think about this for just a moment. In the Old Testament, when God uh, explained to Moses how to worship, how to express honor to God, he, he told Moses, he said, Moses, in order for sin to be forgiven, there has to be the shedding of blood. And that became, became the sacrifice ritual. And the reason I say ritual was because it had to happen over and over and over because it was man trying to bring a sacrifice to God. And when Jesus came, he said, let me fulfill exactly what I meant by the shedding of blood is the forgiveness of sins. And he, God, provided a perfect sacrifice himself once and that eliminated the need for us to sacrifice on our own again. So once through the cross, we have access to God. It is not because of us, but because of what Christ did. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, it says, For I have decided that while I was with you, Paul is talking, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, I pass on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as Scripture said. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He personally, speaking of Jesus, carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you, can, you are healed. 1 John 4, 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, as a sacrifice to take away all our sins. You see, apart from Christ's finished work on the cross, 
we would have no access to God. On our own, we cannot get to God. It is only through Jesus and what he has done. So my question is again, is God worthy of our worship? Is God worthy of our worship? Worship doesn't bring us into God's presence. Jesus brings us into God's presence. It's not the song that brings you into God's presence. It's not your favorite artist that brings you into God's presence. It's Jesus who brings you into his presence. It is through Jesus Christ only that we can be found acceptable in the presence of a holy and pure God. So taking a glimpse of who God is, taking a moment to think about what God has done, now we have to answer this next question. How should we respond to this God? How should we react when we catch a glimpse of God's glory, of God's power, of God's faithfulness, of God's compassion, of God's love, of God's justice. How should we respond to that? How should we respond when we realize that Jesus on the cross, as fully man, died for me? How do I understand, how do I respond when realizing that Jesus, as also fully God, forgave my sins? at the cross. How should I respond? How should you respond? Romans 12:1 where we started this all. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them our bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly a way to worship Him. So if we are to give our bodies as worship, you don't need to respond to this question out loud, but I want you to think about this. What areas are off limits for worship? If we are to give our bodies, if we are to give ourselves, all of us, our mental selves, our physical selves, our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, if we are supposed to give all of us to God, what areas are off limits? How we work? Well, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but work is different. How should we work? How could we work that expresses love to God? Paul said, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might as unto the Lord. Uh-oh. Man, that rocked my world when I realized, uh-oh, I'm working for myself. If Jesus came in and saw the way that I'm doing my job, uh-oh. So what about our relationships? Would God be honored in our relationships? And I don't just mean between husband and wife. What about parents to children, children to parents, 
It's, it's one of the Ten Commandments. What about parents to your older parents now? Ooh, ouch. I just went there. What about relationships between coworkers? What about relationships between students? Are our relationships, the way that we handle both the people we get along with and those that we don't, do our relationships reflect that we have given all of ourselves to God? Is it Christ-honoring in the way that we handle relationships? What about creativity? Well, Pastor Chad, I, uh, I like to paint. What about honoring God through painting? Well, I write. I like to write poetry. I like to write stories. What about honoring God through that? Well, Pastor Chad, I, I'm not that creative, but I, I can weld like nobody's business. What about creati- creatively using that and honoring God? What uh, creativity? Think about this for just a moment. The God that we worship created everything in seven days. Six days, and then he took a rest. And during those seven days, six days and the rest day, he made a platypus. Let's just think about this for a moment. Did he make that before the the beaver? And before the duck? Or was this kind of like, well, I got extra parts, I'll just put them all together. We're talking about the creative God who made a giraffe. And contrary to Chuck Norris jokes, it wasn't him. This is the creative God who made you. And scripture says, I've knit you together in your mother's womb. It goes on to say, I know every hair on your head. A sparrow in the field does not fall to the ground that I don't know about. How much more do I care about you? This is our creative God. Could you use your creative talents and worship God? What about our recreation? Whoa, 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 Pastor Chad. My boat is for me. True story, time out, this is a side note. I had a pastor friend who named his boat Ministry. Just think about that one for a moment. He went out on ministry every weekend. All right, back in, we're back in. Okay, so so, so recreation. Can your worship be a part of your recreation? Oh, but Pastor Chad, you don't know how serious I take softball. (laughs) maybe some of us need to ask for forgiveness the way we recreate. (laughs) Are we God-honoring? When you play, which is a a part of our lives, playing is a part of... When you golf, (laughs) uh (laughs) uh-oh, are you God-honoring? Do you take your recreation, your talents in sports, do you use them for God's glory? Do you remind people, what I do is not because of me. I do it because God gave me this, and I want to do everything I can, and I'm going to honor him with this. I'm going to catch fish for Jesus like none other. I'm going to honor God even in the way that I take my Saturdays. 
recreation. How, how about in serving others? Well, Pastor Chad, worship and serving is, that's different. Well, wait a second. What about as you're driving down the road and you're talking with God as you're driving and you see someone who has a flat tire? Could you honor God by taking a moment and helping somebody out? Could you honor God in, in taking time out of your schedule to help somebody move? Could you take time out of your schedule and serve somebody else with no expectation of return on it because of your love for God? What is worship? What about our finances? Are we placing, are we expressing our love for God even in our finances? Not just tipping God like we would a waiter or waitress, but actually saying, God, I love you so much, whatever you want me to do with my money, I'm going to ask you first. I'm, be, before I start buying things, before I start saving up for things, I'm going to ask God, what do you want me to do with this? I will honor you even in how I give my finances. I'm going to place you as number one in my life. What about the expression of passion? Oh, is this the part where he talks about sex? I made you all nervous. Are you able to honor God in your passions? Are you able to honor your marriage relationship? Are you able to honor God in your marriage relationship and prove it? And Jesus said, if, if you've thought it in your mind, you've already committed adultery. Are you able to love God enough that you're willing to do whatever it takes to honor your marriage commitment? And for those of you that are going, well, I'm not married yet, so whoo! Yeah. Are you willing to honor God with your life that even if you're single right now or not married yet and you're dating, are you willing to honor God that puts limits on the expression of your passions? Whoa. Do you mean to tell me that the marriage relationship is worship? Yes, I am. We honor God with all of us. This, this whole person of Chad needs to express honor and worthness to God. That every part of me, my mind, my body, my spirit, my emotions, my passions, my creativity, my recreation, my work, my relationships, all of it, do I honor God? Do I express love back to God? If all of these areas are ways that we can express honor and love back to God, why do we limit it to songs on Sunday morning? Maybe we should write that one down. So, what do we do with this now? 
As Pastor Sheldon says every week, he says, so now we're at the point. Where do we take this from, okay, I've heard what you've said, God. Change my heart. Now help me walk it out. And here's my question. I'm going to ask the worship, (laughs) the band. I'm going to ask the band to come on up now. In light of who God is, in light of understanding who God is and what Christ has done for us, how should we respond to God? How should we react? How should we... What should be different when we walk out the doors this morning? Would you do me this favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'd like for us to just take a moment to think on this. God, how can I respond to who you are and what you have done? How should I respond, Jesus? In this moment, friends, I'd like to ask a couple questions. And the very first question that I want to ask is, friend, if you are here this morning and you realize maybe for the very first time Christ's love for you and what he did for you, that he died for your sins, and you realize this morning, I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior, to be my Lord, to be my leader. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. I want to pray with you as you make a decision. Thank you, guys. I see your hands. Anyone else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hands near the back. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? If you have your hand up, I've seen it. You can put it down. Anyone else? I think there was at least nine hands that I saw. Anyone else? I just want to pray with you. Is there anyone else? You say, Pastor Chad, I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior today. Anyone else? Then before we do anything else, I think all of us need to stop and make this commitment that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. If you raise your hand, I'd like for you to pray with me. I'd like for all of us to pray together, but especially if you raise your hand and you said, I want to ask Jesus into my life, We're going to pray a prayer. This prayer is not a formula. It's just simply doing what Paul told us to do, and that is to believe in our hearts and admit with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. And so I'm going to pray this prayer. Would you repeat with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love that you stepped out of heaven and moved into my neighborhood. I ask you to live in me. Would you please forgive me of my sin and disobedience. I need your help. I've done wrong. Would you be my Savior? Would you be my leader? I commit today to following you with all of my life. Amen. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus himself said that all of heaven stops because it's as if one was lost has come home. 
friend, if you, ra- if you prayed that prayer, regardless if you raised your hand or not, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, it is as if you were lost and now you are home. And heaven celebrates your commitment today. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. Now, for those of us who have already asked Jesus into our lives and are walking this journey with Christ, my question is this. How should we all respond to this God? This God full of love and compassion. This God full of justice and mercy. How should we respond to this Jesus being fully man and fully God, who sacrificed once and for all, who has forgiven our sins and now sits beside God the Father and says, let me introduce you to my new family. Let me introduce you to my brothers and sisters now. And we step into God's presence through Jesus. Would you stand to your feet We're going to take some time to express honor to God. And we're going to do that through songs. But I'm also going to ask that you move your feet this morning. If you need to express to God by moving from your seat and maybe finding a spot up here and just spending some time talking with God, Maybe say asking God for forgiveness in areas of your life where you haven't been honoring Him. Then these next few moments, these next few minutes, there's no rush. We're just gonna we're gonna express through song our love for God this morning, and our recognition of who He is and what He has done. How should you respond to Him right now? I'd like to pray one more time, and we're just gonna take some time just to to do so to respond to God. God, I ask that in these next few moments, Jesus, would you would you open the door to God's presence? Would you open the door and invite us in to you and to your to time with you? God, we look to you and we look to you alone. In your name we pray. Amen. We, we as Christ followers walking from this place don't carry guilt anymore. We walk in freedom. We are children of the Most High who goes with us. So my question is this now, friends. How should you respond at home? How should you respond tomorrow morning when you wake up? How should you respond on Thursday? How should you walk from this place different than you came in? Would you pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, we don't leave your presence. But as we leave this place today, would you go with us? Because, Jesus, it is through you that we have access to Father God. And it doesn't matter our location or our time. It simply matters us choosing to express love to you. So as we drive, as we work, as we spend time in relationships, God, we leave this place committing ourselves to worship is a lifestyle. 
We love you, God. Go with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Just a reminder, if you're new to WCAG, we do have lunch in the chapel for you. Love you guys. Have a blessed week.